Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the your company name here. Studios in Cape Coral, Florida. It's the What's in Your Head podcast with your host Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up? What's up? What's up? OG five. It's fucking hurricane season. Yeah. Woohoo! Gordon is not live with us tonight. He is actually over in Big Sky, Montana, reliving his glory days, sharing with his wife and his kids, i.e., his dogs, where he was, where he was at when he left Ohio, and all the wonderful debauchery that he got involved with in big sky montana so gordon ran a higher ground which he didn't need to do because he was in las vegas and meanwhile me and mike <laughs> no use for last name are stuck in the swamp and in the middle of the cone zone oh yeah you know it's crazy i was leaving work on i, I keep thinking today's fucking thursday <laughs> i was leaving work yesterday on monday and i was looking at the cone and my office, which is on the corner of 46th Street and Cape Coral Parkway, was not in the cone, but my house was on the southwest side of the cone. And four hours later, when I got done with the What's the Scuttlebutt podcast, it was like, Cape Coral, Fort Myers, we're all in a fucking cone. Yep. It's very reminiscent of Charlie, except for Charlie was a hell of a lot smaller. Uh, this son of a yeah. bitch is big, and they are worried about and anticipating storm surge, or so they say. Yes. Now, here's the beef I have with that. Um, my new boss just moved to town a year and a half ago, and he lives right on the, the Loose and Snatchy River. And he was concerned, you know, what should I do? They already they evacuated his area this morning. I said, well, you know, I've lived through five or six hurricanes. They've always talked about storm surge, and I've never seen it. But with that being said, if I tell you to stay in your house, this is going to be the year we fucking get it. So I said, welcome to Florida. Mm-hmm. The big key to being a Floridian in hurricane season is you have to decide what you're going to do. And most yep. of us make that decision based off of what our neighbors are doing. My neighbors across the street just put their shutters up like two and a half hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that sucks, that sucks because we're supposed to have shutters in our community here. And they were like, yeah, we're not going to put them up anymore. Fantastic. It was like, all right. Well, hurricane shutters serve a more important purpose than hurricane shutters. Yes. They are crackhead repellent. Yes. Um, When the power goes away, the looters come out to play. Now, it's one thing if you're in said home, but if you're going to evacuate, I would strongly suggest you put your storm shutters up. I know you're saying, well, Don, all the crackhead has to do is get a cordless drill to number three. Yeah, and your neighbor will hear the drill whine and then wonder why there's some weirdo taking down your storm shutters in the yep. middle, right one hour after. Because most people leave them up for at least a week because it's a pain in the ass to take them back down. Some people leave oh, them yeah. up for the remainder of the season, especially if they see a hurricane or two. You know, it's funny. Carrie's like, it's too bad we can't keep our shutters up all year round because I'm sure it would bring the ambient temperature of all of our homes down greatly. <laughs> yeah, it probably would. <laughs> Which, by the way, fuck you, Biden, and inflation. Have you noticed your electric bill has gone up about, all I don't know, $100 a month? Uh, Yeah. 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 It's been uh, hurting. Yeah. Mine went up 100 bucks, and that's after I got rid of the refrigerator in my garage that was right. running up. But um, anyhow, rewind, re- roll back, roll slack, rewind, roll track. Um, But yeah, so... Hurricane shutters definitely work great for um, fending off the looters. And it, they do bring a temperature down, but they, boy, are they a fire hazard, <laughs> which is why yeah. you can't keep them up. 
interestingly oh, yeah. enough, after what was the one that kicked my ass for 16 days? Was that well, I, Irma? Yeah, Irma was the last one yeah, I rolled through here. After Irma came through, and that was a busy season, the the Lee County Sheriff deputy down the street at my house kept his hurricane shutters up on like 85% of his house for like almost a year. I'm like, I thought that was a fire hazard. A little excessive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Morgan Long. What's up, Morgan Long? $160 per month mine went up, he says. Yeah, um, that's about right. And, and I thought, well, I thought, well, maybe my AC needs some work because, you know, I've been sucking it out. Not my water heater, by the way, is still fucked. Um, yeah. But so I asked my, I'm like, maybe our, maybe our AC needs to have some, maybe it's running too much. But I asked my boss at work, I'm like, has your electric bill gone up? He's like, the electric bill here at the office has gone up about $110 and my electric bill at home has gone up about $110. I'll say, okay, then it's basically $110, $120 across the board for everybody. Yeah. It's so everybody. clearly it's, it's, everything has to do with inflation. Everybody's getting fucked. Yep, 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 yep. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, let's play a fun game. All right. Now, I moved down here in 2004. Mm-hmm. And prior to buying my dad buying his house, what about hurricanes, man? You know, hurricanes when a... No, don't... No, hurricanes, they always go up and around and take off. There hasn't been a hurricane here in forever. Mm. Andrew, 1992. Mm-hmm. Opal, uh, 1995. So, no storms made landfall since 1995. Mm-hmm. Okay, and nothing in Southwest Florida for freaking ever. Okay, cool. We bought my dad bought his house. We moved out here in 2004. How many hurricanes have you lived through, Mike? If you can guess them all. Uh. And this is a game for you too, Morgan Long. Let's see. If you were born around the time, does that count? <laughs> if you lived in the, if you were in the state and lived here and didn't evacuate, and you wrote it out, how many storms? Obviously, it's harder for you because you've lived here forever in a day. Yeah, but it's really not raised. that many more. You're born in what? Eighty um, five? No, me. Ninety two. Andrew. Okay, so this is actually not that hard. I will I will give you this answer. Your your answer is plus two than the rest of us. Okay. Yeah. So from the time you were born to the time that I moved down here, you only lived through two hurricanes. So can you guess how many hurricanes you've lived through plus those two? Uh, one, two, three, six or eight. Just throwing that number out there. Well, I have to subtract Michael because that didn't hit our area. So Michael was 2018. That hit the panhandle, so that doesn't count. Yeah. So you lived through Andrew, which hit Homestead, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you guys dealt with that over here. Opal, that's Pensacola, so I don't think that counts either, right? Because you lived here in, in Southwest Florida, so that don't even count either. Maybe yeah. Andrew, you got some strong bands, but... But that just goes to show I'm even it's even more right. Prior to me moving down here, you weren't directly affected by any hurricanes in your entire lifespan. <laughs> right. So from eighty two to two thousand four, you were smooth sailing with biscuit wheels. You maybe got a, a a band or two off of one of those previously mentioned storms. Right. 
<laughs> since I moved down here, if we scratch Michael off the list, I, we have lived through one, two, three, four, five, six. This will be our seventh fucking hurricane since 2004. Mm-hmm. Charlie was the worst. Yep. That was Cat 4. Um, landed in Port Charlotte, not too far from my dad's house. I lived in Fort Myers on a second floor apartment. No air conditioning for a week. And that was in the middle of, was it in August? No. When was that? Yeah, August 13th. Middle of fucking mm. August. Hence the name Charlie. You can tell how far in a month it is based on the name of the hurricane. That right. sucked. I remember sitting in a bathtub of just cold water, just trying to fucking cool down. Yeah. All you had was four windows on the front of your apartment, no through breeze, nothing. So I finally hopped in a car and was like, fuck this. I'm going to my mom's house in Kentucky. I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> Made it to outside of, oh, I don't know. Probably a little bit, probably about, I don't know, four or five hours in the trip. Not quite out of Florida yet, but damn near it. Got a phone call. Hey, power's back on. And you know what the bitch of it was? Our side of the parking lot of the apartment complex was, had no power. The people across the street had power the entire time. So for that week, none of them came over said, hey, one guy did come over and offer ice. But these fuckers were having hurricane parties. So you're sitting there roasting and, and dying, sitting in your bathtub at 2 in the morning, and you're hearing people across the parking lot, lights on, and just partying down, and drunk people going in and out of the parking lot. So that sure. sucked. That was a kick. Yeah, that was um, back there in Charlie. I mean, you know, I was... I was in middle school, I think. And uh, I remember, you know, we, my family house, I guess you would call it, um, was built in the 80s. And no shutters, no nothing like that. You know, we were remodeling and whatever. <laughs> and uh, we actually went across the street to a good friend of mine. They had just built a house in like 2002 or 2003. And uh, they had all the up-to-date codes and had yep. hurricane shutters and all that. So we stayed at their house. And uh, nobody had a generator at the time. Mm-mm. I don't think anybody really ever thought about it. Only people had generators were the hillbillies who would take using the power of their campers when they'd go out to the swamp and hunt for the weekend. Yeah, exactly. And I remember because once again, there was no significant landfall in this area since Jesus Christ. I mean, on the West Coast, I'm looking. Uh, wow, Captiva Island. 1873. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking West Coast, Marathon, Florida. That's Central Florida. Panama City, that's way north. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about in Southwest Florida. The closest I can possibly see. Where the hell's uh, Cedar Key at? Mm. That was 1950. Is that north of us? I think. Uh, so 1950 is probably the closest. Desden's a little close. That's 1975. Mm-hmm. But either way, so since like 1960, 1975, and Morgan Long got sucked in the same. Um, real estate bamboozle I did. He said, um, I got the hurricanes never hit the West Coast speech a hundred times before I moved here and right before Charlie. He got, <laughs> I remember we got here six months before Charlie, long enough for my dad to buy a house, build a $5,000 vinyl privacy fence and have it knocked down. The insurance cut him a fat check for $125 and then canceling his account, even though he had them his entire life, every car, every house he's ever owned in Ohio, Kentucky, Texas, California, and Florida. Never filed one fucking claim. Filed a claim for his $5,000 privacy fence. They gave him 125 bucks and it cost him another $3,000 in parts and labor to reassemble the fucking thing. Jesus. And then I remember um, 
the next one that came through, Ivan didn't affect us too much, but it it, it, it went over. I think yeah. it, it caused some wind. I think Ivan um or Dennis, I don't know. One of the one of the next ones knocked his fence down again. And he went through the same rigmarole, and finally the fence guy said, "Let me show you how to take this thing apart." So during, um, and I'll probably, I'll probably regret this, but during uh, Irma, my dad and I both took our fences down because basically at the top of the the uh, the vinyl privacy fences, there's thumbs, and you take vice grips and squeeze them, and they pop out of the post, and then you can just yep. take the slots out. It's a lot of goddamn work, but. Um, we didn't lose any of our fencing, and some of our neighbors did. I didn't fuck with it. Now, me, my neighbor to the left, and the neighbor behind me to the left, and the neighbor three houses down, we all have the exact same fence. So I figure if enough pieces fly around, I can get out there quickly and just rebuild mine with all their parts. <laughs> they won't it. know the difference. <laughs> Why does half your fence green, and then you got some new shiny parts? Oh, I flipped them around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember during Charlie, I mean, you know, with the, the eye coming through and everything, and everything calming down, and... You know, I remember we had these new neighbors that lived down the street and they were boasting that they had a generator mm-hmm. and we were just all miserable inside mm-hmm. that house. I mean, just For miserable. Irma, but, I worked at Stan and Haney. And we lost yeah. power. After day eight, one of our listeners let me borrow his generator because he got his power back on. Right. Day 16, I finally went on the air and said, listen, if there's anybody in a bucket truck within the sound of my voice, call me. The reason my neighborhood is completely without power is my neighbor refused to trim his tree. His right. tree fell down, broke the pole, blew up the transformer, and then it shorted out everyone coming down through the neighborhood. Right. If you come and disconnect the post, because it came through my neighborhood like a backwards S, and my house was three doors down from the end of the S. Mm-hmm. I said, if you come disconnect the collapsed pole, you can restore power to every freaking house in this neighborhood except for the th- last poor three after the after the broken pole. Yeah. And uh, one of the drivers called the station, gave him my address, and within an hour and a half, he was did just that. I was like, well, I should have did that fucking <laughs> eight days ago. but Right. <laughs> but And so now when we had the generator, it was – and I'm and don't get me wrong. I'm thankful to have it. It was enough just to give us lights, TV, and fans. No yeah. AC, nothing. We had a little swamp cooler, which brought our living room down to a cool 89 degrees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that was Hurricane Charlie. And so we're, we're we're dealing with this one. Um, I do feel a little more comfortable now with flood preparations that I live in zone D, but I also have three kayaks. Yeah. So if shit goes south, I can literally put my birds and cat carriers and my dogs and cats and the family and we have enough kayaks to, if we have to scoot out of here we can but i don't foresee water getting to my house i could see it flooding my street yeah and even coming up my driveway but um i don't know the storm surge is the scary thing because this thing is so fucking big and it's so goddamn slow yeah the last time i i heard it was like 350 miles across and it's supposed to like sit on top of us for almost 24 hours yeah and it's like when we when they did the size comparison between charlie and uh this one now the it's almost like double the size the good news is is when it hits us it's going to turn to a cat three yeah which i don't know sometimes i feel like i've been 
stuck in a cat too on a regular Wednesday thunderstorm. Right. <laughs> the sad thing is, is I live out Northeast Cape and well, our infrastructure sucks. And so I lose power on a Wednesday thunderstorm. So I know I'm going to lose power. The yeah. question is, is how long? Hopefully right. we don't lose any poles. Hopefully they just got to come by with the stick and go. Uh, shout out to the power companies. Um, there's like three bucket trucks parked in a public parking lot a mile from my house. And so they're already strategically distributing them throughout the city. Yeah. I don't know if the guys ride the shit out inside those trucks. I guess they're heavy, heavy enough that they wouldn't go anywhere, but it'd still be kind of, you know, a little scary. That's sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be sketchy as hell. <laughs> but uh, so that's where we're at on that. Um, go F yourself to the Weather Channel. <laughs> I'm so tired of them. We have a shit ton of new people down here from closed states who said, fuck this, I'm leaving during COVID. Mm-hmm. And so we have a lot of people, it's their first hurricane, they don't know what to do. And obviously the local news is only on at 6 and 11 and 6 a.m. and 7. So, you know, you've got five times to check in. So people go, and rightfully so, to the Weather Channel. I don't know if it's geographically programmed or if everybody sees the same goddamn footage, but these pricks, they'll show you, here's the latest track. Talk about for 10 minutes. We'll be back in three and a half hours. And then they cut the footage of Astero and Sanibel and Fort Myers from Hurricane Charlie. Yeah, And then they cut the footage from fucking Hurricane Irma when everybody got their dicks kicked in and houses flooded. It's like people are coming here to get information, not terrified. Yeah. It would be like, hey, World War III's j- jumped off. Um, we're going to show you a map of where the Russians and the Chinese are currently coming up through Mexico into California. And before we come back and give you the next update... Here is some uh, footage from people getting murdered over to Ukraine. <laughs> I mean, yep. it's kind of, and then what these fuckers do too, storm surge. Now, you can say, Don, they're just trying to provide context. Yes, that's fine. But when they actually give their news report, see, I can do this. They have like real intense stinger music in the background. The music bed is like, it's like clearable horror music. It's just yeah. like the most crazy, like, it's it's a little short of ching, ching. I mean, it's just, it's, it's it's meant to scare the shit out of you. And then what they do, a hundred thousand new residents, Gordon Morgan long. And then what they do, they got this great new technology. They get on this little pad and they're in front of a green screen and they simulate the tears of storm surge. So this guy's standing on the pad. He's got the screening. So okay. When it gets to two feet, now when it gets to nine feet, you're fucked. Cars start floating away. There's trash. And, And so like, they can't just explain to you the the severity of storm surge they got to get you full 4k 3d straight up facebook meta type shit yeah it's just like come on relay the information and then show some puppies and kittens i mean a lot of these people are already anxious enough they don't need to see the you know well it's 1080p on a good day because charlie was so long ago but you know we we don't need to see the (laughs) the 10k version of irma from you know six years ago yeah yeah, I definitely, I, I mean, I don't watch the Weather Channel or anything. I watch local news, and then I, I pay more attention to, to my phone weather than I do anything else. I will say the cat from Wink, the guy who kind of took over, the big tall dude. Um, The guy, everybody, that, the, uh, Matt, 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 D- Matt, Matt Divitt. Matt Devitt, yeah. 
I remember when he first came down here before he got the big bald spot and gained a couple pounds, all the girls thought he was the bee's <laughs> knees. But uh, I will give him credit. <laughs> Carrie and I were at the top of Edison uh, Bridge one day running, and he came slugging up through there on a run. So he, he tries. But, yeah, Matt Devitt, you know, at least he doesn't buy into that panic porn shit. He gives it to you straight. He gives it to you how he thinks. He'll show you his his reasoning, and and then he passes it on. He doesn't do the whole let's scare the shit out of everybody. Let's, and that's the thing that used to annoy me about the local Fox affiliate. After Charlie, fucking what's his dick? Who's the guy over there at Fox? Who's like the king anchor forever? Patrick Nolan. Yeah. Patrick Nolan and his side candy of the the year. They would just continuously it like it like seven eight years later and like. Whether we're here by your side, once again, they're showing people's houses getting torn apart from Hurricane Charlie and just all this horrible shit. It's like, okay, you guys can stop exploiting people's pain and their property loss from fucking eight years ago. Yeah. No one watches you for weather anyhow. Everybody watches Wink News. That's just the way it is. Yeah. But if you're if you're local to here, you typically you watch Wink News. Yeah. <laughs> well, they just have the money and their set looks. I mean, they look more. They don't look hokey and cowpoke. Yeah, some of the sets on some of the uh, c- competition, it, it's it's like three steps better than what you had in high school when you guys right. had the morning news on the monitor in the homeroom. Doing the the morning news. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's get up the hurricane because I've had up to my ass in the hurricane. Um, if I said the name, where the hell did it go? Nord Stream 2. Do you know what that is? Say again? Nord Stream 2. Uh, not familiar. No, okay. Um, Nord Stream 2 is the big, humongous pipeline that comes out of Russia to provide okay. fuel for basically that entire side of the planet. Okay. And so when Germany got dumb and said they are going to go green and shit blew up in their face, now they're buying oil off of Russia. Right. And... Um, it's kind of how Russia has been able to throw their weight around and not get so many people pissed off that they invaded Ukraine because, well, they, they have all the oil. And with power comes power. Dateline, 14 minutes ago. Blast predicted Baltic pipeline leak sabotage seems likely. Warsaw, Poland, according to the AP, Denmark said Tuesday it believed that, quote, deliberate actions by unknown perpetrators were behind the big leaks which seismologists said followed powerful explosions in two natural gas pipelines running under the Baltic Sea, says natural gas, uh, not the regular fuel, from Russia to Germany. No, I'm sorry, they do. They provide natural gas because Germany, the natural gas went through the roof that we did a story two weeks ago. People in Germany are like compressing sawdust to fucking heat their towns because they have no gas because Russia basically just drove the costs up so high. So uh, the seismologist said following the powerful explosions in two natural gas pipelines running underneath the Baltic Sea from Russia to Germany, European leaders and experts pointed to a possible sabotage amid the enemy standoff with Russia provoked by the Ukrainian war. Although filled with gas, neither pipeline are currently supplying it to Europe. Quote, it is the authority, I'm sorry, it is the authority's clear assessment that these are deliberate Actions, not accidents, Danish Prime Minister said. Now, keep in mind, we basically have two natural gas pipelines. I'm sure maybe they closed a valve somewhere, but at some point there was natural gas just leaking into the Baltic Sea. Beautiful. Um, So how's that for environmental damage? Uh, The incident (laughs) overshadowed the inauguration of the long-awaited pipeline that will bring Norwegian gas to Poland to bolster the continent's energy independence from Moscow. 
The first explosion was recorded early Monday, southeast of the Danish island of Borom, said Bjorn Lund, director of the Swedish National Seismic Network. A second stronger blast northeast of the island that night was the equivalent of a magnitude 2.3 earthquake on my head. See me when you have a Cat 5 hurricane, assholes. <laughs> Seismic <laughs> stations in Denmark, Norway, and Finland also registered the explosions. Sorry, a little advertisement just popped up and pushed my paragraph, three paragraphs down, so I got to scroll. Quote, there is no doubt this, is, this was not an earthquake, Lund said. On Wednesday... Danish Defense Minister Morten Bovatsky will travel to the Brussels to discuss the leaks with NATO's chief, Jen Stoltenberg. There's a lot of Danish people in this story. Denmark's mm. foreign minister, Jep Gouft, said nearby Sweden, Germany, and Poland have been kept informed and, quote, we will inform and reach out to Russia in this case. He said Denmark's foreign intelligence service did not see any increased military threat against Denmark after the three leaks Blah, blah, blah. Why am I reading all this? Why, Don? Because back in February, our grandfather-in-chief made a weird comment that meant nothing at the time. And now for the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. There will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. But, but how, will you, how will you do that? Exactly. Since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control. We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. And this has been the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. Now, I'm not saying we're up to something, but when you have. Sounds a, like we're up to something. <laughs> when And that wasn't like in some, that wasn't like a lifted clip. That was somebody recording their TV who played back the, you know, the. Q and A that that was like behind a podium somewhere. That wasn't like in you know Air Force One. That wasn't him eating cookies at McDonald's. That was behind a podium in front of reporters that he said that. Yeah, there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end to it. But, but how will you how will you do that exactly? Since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control. We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Let alone a short seven and a half months later, there's two holes in the fucking pipeline. What is an ass? <laughs> it's like, come on. I hope it wasn't us. I mean, don't get me wrong. Fuck Russia and their pipeline. But yeah, I just don't need any more concerns about us ending up in a war while we have a feeble, absent-minded figurehead. I understand the guy's not making any decisions. But he's still our figurehead, and we, you know, people do see him as a representation of our lack of power, our lack of stability well, yeah, in the world. He's supposed to be the leader of our nation, and and when when you see clips of him being so incompetent, it's <sighs> it's very embarrassing. <laughs> it's oh, what the hell? Well, what the hell? What, what the, the hell? hell? What the hell? Just closed out uh, a story one that did. Hold on, good thing I still have it. And time keeps rolling on. Woke Generation Z is out to destroy entertainment. Ain't that the fucking truth? Wow. September 27th. And keep in mind, this is coming from the New York Post. This isn't like, this isn't coming from Blaze TV or Fox News or or any of the, you know, uh, Daily Wire. This is coming from, you know, 
the New York the Post. Post. Yeah. Generation Z? Question mark. More like Generation Buzzkill. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to this army of little introvert scolds, the future of TV and film is even more dire than post-pandemic viewership struggles. At I'm sorry, struggles in the box office slumps at the movies have suggested. A horrifying study from UCLA queried, I said queried, don't get upset, <laughs> Gen Z kids ages 13 Naughty to 18, dog. those overly mature children of the corn-born, what the fuck? I'm reading that right. Those overly corn mature born? children of the corn-born between, what the hell is the corn-born? It's right there. You guys are looking at the New York Post. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> That's not in the wine talking. <laughs> Generation Z kids of 13 to 18, comma, those overly mature children of the corn, capital C, born, lowercase b, between 2004 to 2009, about their viewing habits. And the downer conclusion pretty much is enjoy anything fun and it's filthy. Enjoy anything f- fun. And filthy that is over 90 seconds long while you can. So basically they're saying if it's fun, filthy, and over 90 seconds, it's got to go. If trends persist, soon our favorite escape divisions will be rarer than a a unicycle on a highway of the New York street corner that doesn't reek of pot. If this trend presents, soon our favorite escape divisions will be as rarer than a unicycle on a highway on the New York street corner that doesn't reek of pot. Okay. Guess you got to be there. The youth, you see, wish to replace, quote, Avatar and Elvis with TikTok dances. Hey, lay off a TikTok. By the way, I just hit 16,000 subscribers tonight. Thank you, guys. Woo! Little Miss memes and social justice screeds because the internet and MSNBC doesn't give us enough of those already. Z demands more. The study notes that teens resoundingly reject aspirational stories. Well, I guess they don't like American Ninja Warrior then. (laughs) Meaning that enjoyable yarns about frivolous people who are wealthier than you are think classical music, comedies, like Anything Goes, or custom dramas such as Dalton Abbey, you know, enjoyable things. These kooky kids claim to defer, I'm sorry, claim to prefer depressing real-life stories chock full of irreverent womp-womp issues that track teens obsessed with blah, blah, blah. It is true. Why is there seems to be an overly fixation on all things drama and boo-hoo, woe is me. Everything gets turned into issues. Now, I saw a TikTok where best thing happened with Black Lives Matters. Now we don't have to use the phrase African-American. There's a black lady. She duetted a white woman who was just walking through the rain. and Maybe the drought was ended. Maybe she's a, she had some plants behind her. She just threw up and walked in the rain. And I'm seeing... Black people do what this lady because they they all know she's a fucking idiot. Thank God. But this black lady was saying that walking in the rain was white privilege. <laughs> it's like okay, this woman and so like all these other black people are like bitch you're dumb shut up. So thank God you know people are caught out of shit. But it's like why does everybody have to make everything about something nowadays? It's so insane. And it is good news is is every generation rebels so we just got to wait until like the next up-and-comers come to rebel against this crap hopefully they don't delete demolish and destroy too much of our entertainment in the interim 
you know, like I said on the What's the Scuttlebutt multiple times, um, when it comes to books, you can have all the digital books you want, but our history books need to be in hard copy because you can't delete a paragraph and then hit save and say, there's our new history. Yeah. Well, same thing. I mean, they're changing up storylines. Somebody brought up a good point. We all know that after Stranger Things came out and they were showing historical smoking, parents are complaining that their kids are watching a show about smoking. They weren't complaining about kids getting murdered by underground monsters and sucking them into the pool and all the different horrible shit that happened to them. It was the fact that they were smoking before they died. They got to raise feathers on a fucking ruffle. And it's just like everything is so skewed. It's like, what the fuck? Are, what are we doing? What is going on? Well, everybody these days has to have something to bitch about. What's Everybody up, Gordon? Checking in. Something to it bitch is. about. Everybody's their own newspaper editor, and they all need content. Yep. And just like the real newspapers and real media, blood blood sells, blood gets leads. Yep. And while we're talking about this younger generation, I saw this news <clears throat> report today. GM delays return to office mandate after employees backlash. So GM finally said, hey. Obviously, the assembly line cat's been there the whole fucking time, but all you office workers, apparently, they've been working from home. They're, they're saying, hey, let's reel it in. Mm-hmm. Dateline Detroit, General Motors is conducting damage control around its return to office plans after Friday afternoon's message employees spurred backlash and confusion. I'm confused. I got to come to work? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I have to shave and, and get out of my pajamas that I've been wearing for two and a half years and come to work? Mm-hmm. The company's senior leadership team on Friday said corporate workers would be required, mandated, forced, if you will, to return to the physical locations at least three days a week, Mike. That's it? That was enough to send these fuckers over the edge. I got to peel out of my PJs and put some shoes on three days a week? Yeah. Beginning later this year. And what the company called its elevation evolution of its current remote work policies. On Tuesday, a second message walked back that timing and clarified <laughs> the company won't be mandating special in office days, instead leaving that up to the visions, the decisions to the individual team members. Quote, our plan was always and still is collabor- collaboratively design the solution that best balances the needs of our enterprise with the needs of each of every you. Mm. The needs of the many outweigh those of the few. Mm-hmm. Socialist and communist crisis office. Read the memo, which was signed by CEO Mary Barra and other executives, a copy of which was viewed by CNBC. The following message says, no worker will be required to return orifices sooner than the first quarter of next year. Quote, while we have mandated a highly collaborative culture over the past two years with a very (laughs) challenging time, we all had our pacifiers, the intangible benefits of in-person collaboration are going to be crucial success factor because Toyota's kicking our asses in sales as we move (laughs) into the period of rapid launches. The Tuesday message says, the evolution is about being ready for the next phase of our transformation. Mm. Our transformation. Now that look, still, that still gets me three days a week. Look, <laughs> I get it. You've had the luxury. I'll repeat that. You've had the luxury of working home for two years. Me, mm-hmm. I can't. I was at. I went to work as much as I could during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. 
There have been studies showed long before the pandemic, long before we closed down the fucking economy. Years ago, there were studies come out said for those people who occasionally work at home, pull out their laptop, get a few reports done, whatever. They strongly suggest you do not use your laptop in your bed. Has nothing to do with fires, heating, or blah blah blah. It has everything to do with mental and subconscious realization of your environment. They say if mm-hmm. you work in bed and then go to bed, as far as your body and your subconscious is concerned, you never left work. And right. you'll actually wake up more tired and exhausted than if you would have done work in the living room or in your den, your office, your kids' room, the neighbor's pool, wherever, anywhere in your bedroom, that it affects your sleep. So now imagine working, living, existing in a single environment for the last two years. Mm-hmm. And then we wonder why people are stressing the fuck out. Right. Once again, I get it. It's convenient. We have to shave your balls anymore. <laughs> but you've look. seen all the commercials that that kind of go with what you're talking about. I mean, there's so many people oh. out there that you know the, in the commercials and stuff. You always see the guy that's got no pants on, mm-hmm. but he's got a nice shirt and a tie on. The guy who got fired from CBN because they thought they uh, uh, from CNN they thought they're taking a 20 minute post Zoom meeting break, and the dude just pulls up porn and starts rubbing one out and forgot to close his fucking Zoom <laughs> meeting and got fired for it. He got brought back six months later. But, yeah, the dude was fired for rubbing one out on a Zoom meeting because he thought everybody went to break and he didn't close his camera. What an idiot. <clears throat> but, look. People are getting too comfortable. Have you seen these Have you seen these, uh, these pro-lazy-fuck commercials by DoorDash now? Uh, I'm listening to the wind rip through my hurricane shutters right now. Yeah. They have this video, these commercials, where they're talking about how Ordering in food every night is not lazy. It's supporting the local economy. That's right. the first one. The other one has a mom in her 30s justifying to herself why it's perfectly okay to feed her and her family pizza four nights a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, holy hell, we come a long way from complete balanced, nutritious breakfast that mom approves to, I'm going to feed my kid McDonald's three nights in a fucking row. Well, people think that 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 you know society used to eat when it comes to food and stuff like that. That society used to eat so unhealthy and like you know we don't use lard anymore and we don't do this and we don't do that. It's like everybody's on such a health kick these days, and it's like you know there's so many. Ob- I'm obese, you know. I'm I'm over the average weight that I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. and that's because I eat like shit and I don't give a fuck. But there's so many people out there that are like, oh, you know, the the, the national average for uh, uh, the weight in, in in our country is is way over what it's supposed to be. And it's like, well, people, nobody eats home-cooked meals anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody eats thing. what mom cooked anymore. You know, I'm on, nobody eats what the wife cooked. I'm on paleo diet. I only eat what cavemen's eat. Bitch, all you got to do is eat what your grandma ate in 1940 and you'd be skinny. The only problem exactly. is... The only problem is that everything is so packed full of fucking... They say that the apple you buy today is nothing like the apple, like genetically. I believe Structurally. It. Made up from fucking DNA is nowhere near the mm-hmm. apple that our grandparents ate. I actually saw a cool video. It was, showing veg- it was showing fruit before industrial nations got involved. Bananas were primarily seed. Mm-hmm. Watermelons looked completely different. It was mostly um, pulp and seed inside. I mean, before yeah. we modified everything. But um, I want to get back to the story real quick. 
look, I get it. You want to work from home. It's comfortable. It's cozy. You don't have to change your underwear or shave your balls. But here's the problem. You're an executive. Or not even an executive. You you have a job that doesn't require standing on assembly line. That means you either work in marketing, payroll, human resources, what have you. You're designing cars, what have you. You live in Detroit, which is a shit show of a town, but you probably live in the nicer area, and the nicer area is going to have nicer area price tags, right? And let's take this out of the spectrum of GM because this is happening everywhere. This is happening with for you know freaking computer companies. Anywhere that has an office space, there's people, primarily millennials and older Gen Zs, who are refusing to go back to work. They want to work from home, which right. I get. But here's the problem that these short-minded dipshits don't take in effect. Let's say you work for a tech company. You're out in California. Hey, man, uh, I don't need to come in. I can work from home. Yeah, you're right. Cool. And this will happen for a year or two. And what these dumb, dim-witted, short-sighted dumb fucks aren't thinking is, hey, when you got that job at Facebook, Amazon, wherever, the local newspaper, Part of your salary, yes, your salary is based on your knowledge, your skill, and what you can do. But part of that salary is based on the cost of living in the area around that physical structure in which your happy ass is supposed to show up to every day. Right. So if you live in New York City, you're paying $5,000 a month for a fucking decent apartment, and they take that in consideration when configuring your salary. Mm-hmm. You live in LA, it's going to cost you three, four grand to live in a halfway decent apartment. The, my house would sell for probably $2.5 million in California right now. Yeah. And absolutely. so all that is taken in consideration. If you short minded dumb fucks don't take this into consideration, what's going to happen is come and say, hey, you know, Mike does a decent job. He doesn't, you know, go out of his way to over excel, which that's another thing, quiet quitting. That's where people refuse to do th- work more than they need to, not understanding that that's how you get a raise is by showing up and working a little harder. Yeah. And so you got a combination of quiet quitting and people not wanting to show up to work. And they say, well, you know, we're paying Mike like $350,000 a year. And part of that is because of cost of living. I was on Yelp the other day. And there was a guy in Indiana, nowhere in Indiana, small town, turned home, lost his job. Has three years more experience than Mike, and the cost of living, the average house there is two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> for a five yeah. bedroom. His mortgage is twelve hundred dollars a month, and he would be living high on the hog and like a goddamn millionaire if we paid him two hundred thirty thousand dollars a year. So, are we going to pay dickhead Steve, who's quiet quitting, refusing to show up to work, three hundred thirty thousand dollars a year just so he could live a decent life in California? Or are we going to let him go and outsource to Mike, who lives in Illinois, who who would be more than happy to make one hundred twenty grand a year? Right. And so your shit's going to start getting outsourced because you're proving that your job can be done anywhere. Well, mm-hmm. great. That means I can hire somebody who lives in freaking Thailand with the exchange rate and pay them ninety grand a year. Problem solved. So you're 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 arguing your way out of a job. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just uh, people just don't take that into consideration. And I'm sorry, Zoom meetings are not as good as face to face stuff. Obviously, for these young cats who grew up with cell phones in their hands and have absolutely no desire. You know, I watched, I don't know why I watched it on TV because I got all three DVDs in my closet. I, Matrix came on the other day. Yeah. 
When's the last time you sat down and watched that? Uh, it's been a couple of years. After all, it's homework assignment. Watch the unedited, uncensored version of The Matrix. Get over the bad CGI because it is dated. Yeah. But the whole fact, the whole storyline of everybody's just plugged into a computer and we're just jello mold and a stuffed in there that we're being used for our BTUs, the power of the, the robots of the world. And how everybody's just satisfied walking around this metaverse. It's just like, it's like, well, yeah, I can see it going that way. Yep. And it's just like, you know, which came first, you know, are we in a, are we in a simulation? Cause you know, it's weird. That's a, you know, kind of going off the movie there. That's kind of a rabbit hole that, you know, well, being an IT its, guy, its own stuff going on with it. Too. Well, being an <laughs> IT guy, I love all the computer references. Like yeah. Oracle, the Oracle, yeah, Oracle's a database, a database mm-hmm. company. And what's a database? A database is a computer file full of data. So that's why mm-hmm. the smart lady in that show was called the Oracle. And Agent Smith and Agent is things code that you go around looking for shit and computer networks and just all the the cool little computer stuff in there is really cool. But uh, yeah, yeah, for for its age, it's still definitely a, a, a film that holds up today. Hmm, Weather Channel, talk shit about them, check. <laughs> GM, check. 16,000, we went over that. So uh, I work with a young cat. He's 18 years old. New guy? No, he's the owner's son. Okay. Um, He had a plastic container of little tiny square pretzels. Munching away on them. Num, 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 num. What you got there, fella? Peanut butter pretzels. Pretzels with peanut butter in them? Yep. Oh, you're eating combos. What's a combo? Remember combos, <laughs> Mike? Yes, I do. I said combos <laughs> were pretzel sticks with shit injected into them. They had peanut butter cream. So I had to go on Google, show them combos. He'd never seen a combo in his life. He thought you're that kidding. Little square pretzels with peanut butter inside. He thought that was a new thing. I said, like, no, you're eating, you're eating square combos. <laughs> Some of my favorite combos were the pizza ones. I like the sharp cheddar. Those are good, too. When's the last yeah. time you've seen a pack of combos laying around in the gas station? It's been a while. It's been a while. Because I know if I'd seen it, I probably would have grabbed a pack. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to win the lottery. Okay. And then we're going to get some cameras. We're going to drive to, like, the, the middle of the country. Maybe in springtime. And we're going to drive. Maybe we'll go out to California. We'll take boring-ass Route 66. That's right. I said it. Boring-ass Route 66. I took it in 1998, and I wasn't impressed. So we're going to take boring-ass Route 66 from California to Florida. And the reason we need to win the lottery for this is one, gas prices, but two, inflation. We're going to buy a pack of Reese cups, both four king-size and two-piece, every 28 miles. And we're going to see if there's a line of demarcation of where the quality falls off. Mm. I've been complaining about this for years. I half suspect that Reese's forces people to buy in bulk now, or maybe it's the fact that we live in hot-ass Florida and things have to come down here on trucks. When is the last time you got a enjoyable Reese cup in the state of Florida? They're usually semi-white. Somewhat scaly, drier yeah. and shit. And I remember growing up in Kentucky and Ohio, Reese cups were fantastic. Now I don't know if the ingredients have changed in the last twenty-seven years, or if it's the fact that we live in Florida and you just can't keep the things from melting. 
but I am not like uh, there's been so many times like I have to quit buying a shot. I'll eat one of like bleh, or just throw the other three away. Like it's that bad. Can you okay take that and then scale it up? Because I just saw at uh, well, what was it? Because eleven the other day. Because we're not fat enough. Now we got the six piece, two half pound cups. Well, those are for the holidays, but they actually do sell a six pack now. Yeah, I've seen that too. Because we're not fat enough. No, a no. six pack reachy cup. I actually. <laughs> What I've done because it's the, usually the chocolate that's bad. The closest I can get to a enjoyable Reese's cup is if you get the two pack of the extra peanut butter. Yeah, that one's not so bad, but the chocolate's just gone the shit. I can't figure out why. It makes no sense to me. Honestly, I quit eating like chocolate and sweets and stuff like that. I mean, I if, if I have it around the house or if it's like Halloween or something like that, I might have a nibble. But well, other than that, I'm... I had an epiphany the other day, and I think it's going to finally help me get off of the soda wagon again. Yeah inflation how much do you think a 12 pack of diet coke is last time i bought one yep four bucks market price right now today eight dollars and 19 cents for a 12 pack of fucking coke jesus damn near ten dollars for so if if we need any more reason to stop drinking soda i don't need one now yeah you know how much a one gallon jug of drink of drinking water costs from Publix. 89 cents. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been trying to get myself off the soda, but it's like, oh, well, I'll buy two, get one free. Yeah, but you just spent $17 on soda to get the two. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's absurd. And, and it's not even a slam on Publix. Everything's just getting so expensive, and I don't know when it's going to stop. Now I know what my parents felt like in the 80s when yeah. the you know inflation hit and all that shit. But it's yeah. just so goddamn insane yeah i'm i'm actually glad that i don't uh, that's another thing i don't really drink soda that much i need to get off of it i'm gaining weight back when i went up hardcore on my diet and working stan haney i cut off soda actually i was off soda completely for a year until irma came and then there wasn't any water anywhere because people panic buy yeah and so there's soda soda's fucking everywhere but you can't buy any bottled water anywhere how many right. of those pricks do you think at Publix buying up four eight nine cases of water have city water uh, 50% of the county. I don't drink tap. Bitch, I live in a swamp. I got fucking well water. Yeah. Okay. When the power goes out, not only is that water for me, it's for my cats, my dogs, my birds, everything. Bathing. So All I have a five shit. gallon jerry can full of water. Mm-hmm. So, cause I know I'm going to be dumping them into my toilets to flush my toilets because I won't have water because my pump will go out again. I got. Four one-gallon jugs of water in the freezer. So when the power goes out, I can put them in my Coca-Cola ice chest and buy, instead of buying ice, and then when they melt, they've got drinkable water. I got three one-gallon Ziploc bags in the freezer full of water for the same purpose so I can keep my freezer cold, too. I got, like, four pallets of, you know, four twenty-four packs of bottled water, a couple of can- cases of soda and some Gatorade and some tea and two bottles of wine, but... It's like every time I walk into Publix, man, it's like $100 here. Dude, I'm probably mm-hmm. close to $500 on fucking this hurricane shit. Easily. And that's Easily. just for dinner and extra water. And like, got- right now, my my survival food, like if I lose power for the next three days, I got like five packs of hot dogs and a hamburger <laughs> because I have my propane uh, stove that I use at my World War II events. 
Yeah. And so, like, on Friday, I went and got two more cans of the mini propane cans. And, you know, if we don't have power, I can at least cook hot dogs, pancakes, and hamburgers on that thing. And I can make coffee yeah. on it and boil water and all that shit. So, but, yeah, it's just like I see these people walk, walking around. And, so, and I see, I'm see i seeing videos on TikTok. People are like, you know, um, before the storm comes, you can just pour your tap water in the shit. <laughs> and they got plenty of water. No reason to go buy up all the bottled water. It's different when you live have well water. I mean, I I brush my teeth, and obviously I I make boil water, make tea, and all that. But you're not exactly going to go to my tap and pour yourself a glass of drinking water unless you're dying of thirst, just because it tastes like it tastes like it tastes like well water. So it tastes horrible. I mean, I I, I grew up in Southwest Cape, so you know before city water came through. You know, I grew up on well water, and I mean, you get used to that smell and the way mm-hmm. that it tastes, and you know, when you're bathing in it and stuff like that. But you know, th- that's that's what that's what blows my mind about some of the customers that I deal with on a daily basis around here. It's like mm, probably ninety five percent of them are actually from out of the state, mm-hmm. and they come down there. They come down here, and even though they're on city water, they're like, "This water is horrible. I want to get a softener system, or I want this, or I want that, or I want this." And it's like, look, I tell people all the time, I grew up on well water. Mm-hmm. I'm still alive. Yep. Your city on, water. I grew is up on nothing. city water in Columbus, and I'm still alive. Yeah, I mean, your your city water problems are nothing compared to everybody in North Cape right now. Hold on one second. This has been soothing sounds of hurricane bands. <laughs> with your friends at Digital 410 Network. <laughs> For those of you living in Ohio, that's what rain sounds like bouncing off a hurricane shutter. What do they call those TikToks? ASMRs? <laughs> yeah. Get your... Get your... Oh, that's just another... People are fucking weird. Well, yeah. Let's talk about toys. Toys? All right. Everything we, one thing we all look forward to every year, well, not all of us, but people on radio particularly, they look forward to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees because it gives them something to talk about, and the Toy Hall of Fame nominees. And so that's where we're at today. It's the 2022 nominees for the Toy Hall of Fame have been announced. I'm trying to scroll past all the editorial bullshit and see where they're at. Okay, I'm just going to read the story as is until we find it. Okay, here we go. Nope, that ain't it. From our friends over at the NPR, it's a crowded field this year for the Hall of Fame candidates. Some are expensive. Some are cheap. The youngest is only 27. The oldest, well, it's hard to know exactly how old the spinning top has been around. Some people say they ripped off the dreidel, but we won't go there. But suffice it to say... They appear to be ancient Greek pottery. There's bingo, the classic lottery game that dates back to the 1500s. There's Nerf. There's the humble pinata. All are contenders for the coveted handful of spots of the National Toy Hall of Fame, a long-running exhibit hosted by the Strong National Museum and Play in Rochester, New York. Quote, All 12 of these toys have what it takes to be contenders in the class of 2022, said Christopher Benish, the museum's vice president of collections 
in his statement. Since the Hall's founding in 1998, 77 different toys have become Hall of Famers. About half are brand new toys like the Radio Flyer Wagon. I'm sorry, half of them are branded toys like the Radio Flyer Wagon, Legos, and the Rubik's Cube. But others are beloved generic toys from the teddy bear to the paper airplane to the cardboard box. And potential Hall of Famer inductees. The Strong looks for four qualities, museum officials say. Iconic status, enough longevity to be enjoyed by multiple different generations. A sense that the toy fosters learning, creativity, and discovery, and some kind of innovation play in toy design. This year's 12 finalists also include Racco, not sure what the hell that is, Spirograph, and the Bear Model Horse, the Briar Model Horses. Another contender is Catan, the German board game first released in 1995 as the Settlers of Catan, which has sold more than 32 million copies worldwide and helped introduce Americans to the European game style of board game that has since been mainstream. Don't know anything about it. Hmm. The most common heyday for this round of nominees is, well, the 1980s, because, after all, Stranger Things. Pound Puppies, Masters of the Universe, that's He-Man for the Uninitiated, the card game Phase 10, and the electric light toy, Light Bright. Classic. Whose bid for the Hall of Fame comes on the heels of noteworthy appearances in the newest season of the Netflix hit Stranger Things. I didn't pre-read this. I didn't know they are going to Stranger Things routes. I just blame all the 80s trend on Stranger Things. These 12 toys span the history of play. The top is as old as civilization itself, and bingo has been played in some form for hundreds of years. Masters of the Universe and Pound Puppies became classics in the 80s, but they, too, have greatly influenced the world of play because there's nothing better than a big, muscular dude in a loincloth riding on a tiger. <laughs> yeah! Tell me you didn't have gay representation on TV until the 2000s. Please. Last year, three inductees were American Girl Doll, the board game Risk, and that dry, gridded material consisting of small, loose pieces of rock, soil, minerals, and gemstones, more commonly known as sand. That's right. If you're paying attention and you got a half a buzz, Last year's nominees into the Toy Inductee Hall of Fame, there's only three of them, was the American Girl doll, which, for those who don't know, is about a $300 customizable doll. The board game Risk. And last but not least, Sand. Sand. (laughs) (laughs) The public can vote from September 21st via the Player's Choice ballot. An advisory committee will make the final decisions, though, so don't even waste your time. So I wonder who the big winner is going to be. I'm going to say Pound Puppies. Got I'm putting all my money on the Pound Puppies. I wonder if my pet monster pet's in there. My pet monster. You know you were as poor. part of the twelve. You no, just in general. You know, oh. you know you're poor when all you wanted in the world was my pet monster, and that twenty eight dollars is just a little too much. But I do remember like five and a half years later, I did get the My Pet Monster pet, which was the dog that belonged to My Pet Monster. My, You, you don't even know what My Pet Monster is, do you? I'm not familiar. It's a little, was that a, you were born in what? 78. 70s? 78. So it was a little purple 80s. monster looking thing. It had little plastic chains on him and 
He had a corduroy stomach and a big ugly nose and had a cartoon. My Pet Monster Toy Hall of Fame. Let's see if he's in there or not. Teddy Ruxpin. That's another one I wanted that. that I couldn't have. Teddy Ruxpin was a teddy bear that had a tape cassette built into the back of it, and its mouth and eyes moved when you played the cassette tape. And so it would read you stories, and it looked like it was talking. Let's see. National Hall of Fame. Nope. No, my pet monster in there yet. Oh, yeah. I I vaguely, vaguely, vaguely remember that. Like, that was like, like my brother probably had one. Mm-hmm. Or something like that, or a friend probably had one passed down from his brother. Yep. Yep, I remember that. Let's now. see if we can find a My Pet Monster commercial and relive my glory days. <laughs> yeah. 1986. Yeah! My Pet Monster. He's bigger than big. When he fights battles, he always wins. Yeah! And he's your friend, too. He breaks his chains. Things on. the size of like a six year old. <laughs> Maybe that's why I couldn't afford one. <laughs> <laughs> With my pet monster, you're busting loose. He's got it riding on the handlebars of his bike. He's riding through the neighborhood. And scary. <laughs> he's got it at school, scaring the girls on the playground. It helps people, too. And he's your friend, too. My pet monster plays all day. Tough. Awesome. Looking great. How tall was the my pet monster? I think it had to be three feet. And all your friends will want him for their friend, too. Monster has breakaway chains from Amtoy and yeah, American Greetings Company. Now, I didn't have that. I had the My Pet Monster Pet. Let's find that bad boy. My Pet Monster Pet. Yeah, here we go. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, My Pet Monster Pet. That ain't it. That's a big old advertisement for marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Monster Pet was a puppet. You can put your hand in it and control its mouth. And it was a more reasonable, more compact size. It wasn't three foot tall like the My Pet Monster. Like the My Pet Monster. <laughs> uh oh. Beware of Monster Pets. My Monster Pets have puppet action features. Part of a My Pet Monster collection, each sold separately. I never saw that one. They have a My Pet Monster as a football helmet. You don't, I bet you weren't around for Mon Chi Chi's either, were you? Nope. Mon Chi Chi, Mon Chi Chi. Mon Chi Chi's are little cartoon monkeys. And they made stuffed animals out of them. Oh, Mon Chi Chi's. Mm. It's Mon Chi Chi. Girl doll, boy doll. School time and football fan <laughs> outfits are each sold separately. Mon Chi Chi, Mon Chi Chi. Oh, so soft and cuddly. But our kids. Again, were, I, I our, remember <clears throat> seeing it, but. No, not familiar. See how easy our parents had it. For Christmas, we wanted My Pet Monsters and fucking Monchichis. Our kids want $300 hoverboards, iPads, Xbox that cost $1,000, and a fucking computer. All for yep. one Christmas. All I wanted was a goddamn stuffed animal with some fucking plastic chains. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe a G.I. Joe or three. I remember, you know what the retail price of a G.I. Joe was in 1983? What's that? $2.50. Two dollars and fifty cents, and you still didn't get one every time you went because that was a lot of goddamn money for a toy. <laughs> Nowadays, something like that would probably cost eighteen to twenty dollars mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. Oh, the memories, the good old days. 
good old days. And that's that's the thing that sucks about the day is that like you know kids, you take a kid through like Walmart or something like that, and you go. You know, down Walmart is the like, world's largest toy store. Yeah, because not because of the amount of toys they carry, but because of how many stores they have throughout the world. Right. And the fact that Toys R Us and everybody else went belly up. Yep. But you walk through those stores with your kid these days, and it's like, oh, look, you know, check this out. It's like you get more excited about those damn toys than they do. Mm-hmm. They're like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? I remember every November 1st, I think it was, the JCPenney catalog came out for Christmas. Because my parents both worked full-time overtime, and so that's where... All of our Christmas toy. I mean, we would go through the catalog and have our own color pen and circle what we fucking wanted. And they would go through there and get the things they could afford. But literally, yeah. we just went straight to the back of the JCPenney catalog to the toy, like to Christmas. And that's where we got our Nintendo from. Our Super Nintendo included a power pad. Um, I think our Christmas budget back in was $100 because there's six of us. And so me and my brother, my sister, no, me and my brother, my stepbrother, we all combined our budgets and we got a Super Nintendo with power pad. Duck Hunt. And the nice. Olympics and Mario Brothers and the extra controller. But yeah, nowadays it's just... Uh, Perfect gift. <laughs> I had to educate my daughter that Amazon, that the items that she gets on Amazon weren't made by Amazon, that most of those yeah. stores are just people who go buy shit and then they sell Amazon. A lot of the stuff is by Amazon proper, but a lot, most of that shit, it's, it's a prettier eBay <laughs> pretty much yeah. what it is and like um before we buy it on amazon let's go see if we can find it somewhere else but anyhow um yeah i'm hoping we don't have to use our kayaks as modes of transportation <laughs> to get out of our fucking houses yeah but i do yeah. feel better having them between that and uh the boat that's uh sitting across town now yep so you have to paddle to get to your boat yeah we can watch the alligators and the sharks fight it out. <laughs> God, it'd be like one that? of those Hold up. stupid movies. Sharknado. Big old gust of wind just came through. All right. Well, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for this hurricane edition of the What's in Your Head podcast. I want to thank each and every one of you for your continued support. And if you'd like to support us, please head over to d-410.com or whatsinyourhead.com and click on that Patreon link. Sub- sign up and subscribe. It only costs you a dollar a month. You can also get some uh, merch wire there. Get you an OG5 t-shirt. You can get many of our get the Second Amendment t-shirt. We got the Don't Tread on Me t-shirt. We have a What's in Your Head podcast t-shirt. Sucking Up Buttercup t-shirts. I need to get back into the t-shirt design and get some new shirts up there. And while you're at D-410, please click on the Tackle Your Personal Best link and go check out Mike and Ron over at the Tackle Your Personal Best Fishing podcast. I did go fishing today. I thought maybe the bass would be active. Only thing I caught was a three-foot-long gar on a crankbait. <laughs> so nice. The bass were not biting at fucking all. Hopefully uh-uh. they'll be a little more crazy after the storm. But tonight, just yeah. a gar. Yeah, they're they're I I believe they're gonna be a lot more active after the storm. They're 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 huddled huddled up and hunkered down just like we are. Yep, so that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. I wanna thank you guys, each and every one of you, and we will be back next week. Gordon will be back from his vacation and um we do have a guest coming up to find people who bought out the Beaver Lake Trading Post has been in contact with us and we are gonna have them on the show to talk about the joys of a small town grocery store that you guys 
could give two shits about. But because nice. Gordon and I want to relive our youth, we're going to go down that route. So thank you guys so much, and we will talk to you all next week. This has been a Digital 410 production. <laughs>